Today, we have a discussion with May Karwowski, the founder and CEO of Obviously, about social platform trends and running and growing an agency. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. All right. Welcome to The Friday Habit, May. Thanks so much for having me. It's great. Yeah, of course. So uh, for everyone tuning in and listening to the show, uh, May is the founder of CEO and CEO of Obviously, uh, and it's a leading global influencer marketing agency and technology platform. So um, there's a lot for us to unpack there. But before we get into unpacking stuff, <laughs> I have uh, some conversation cards here. They're uh, made by Brand Viva and we'll have some sort of questions. I'm going to mix these cards up and then whatever, whatever the card gods give us, we will, we will discuss. It's a, would you rather? All right. So would you rather spend the day wearing wet socks or spend the day with a popcorn kernel stuck in your teeth? Wet socks. Oh man. (laughs) That was a quick answer. Yeah, it's just like right away. It's like you'd rather have wet visceral. socks than like, have a popcorn yep. kernel in your tooth. <laughs> yep. Just you can just imagine yourself all day trying to get that popcorn kernel and it's just not happening. <laughs> I think it happened to me. It was like a dark day of quarantine. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty yeah, good. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, wet socks are pretty miserable. Uh, and having a popcorn kernel stuck in your tooth is, is very nagging. I, I've been there before, you know, and you don't have a piece of floss nearby and you're just like going nuts. But I do feel like wet socks over time, they like start to get warm and wet. Right? <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, practically. That's nasty. I think I'm and also so just then... cold all the time. So I'm like, it's just kind of an additional layer of chill. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm that's with perfect. you. I think wet socks. <laughs> For sure. Ben, what are you going? Uh, I'll go with the popcorn kernel. Yeah, okay. that's fine. <laughs> Just I probably have a couple popcorn kernels already stuck in my teeth. Who knows? <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. So, May, okay, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, you know, Ben and I are always curious to learn and, and hear from other business founders and owners and... Um, and so really, I want to kick off the conversation just to get to know you a little bit, um, kind of like where you grew up, where you're from, and uh, how you got into the business that uh, you ended up bootstrapping and uh, creating. Yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up outside of Boston uh, in Swampskit, Massachusetts. And um, how did I get into this? You know, I, I was a philosophy major in college. I just loved ideas and debating and arguing. Um, and then I really loved technology and I was like, oh, I want to, I want to do a startup. Like a startup is just a really cool idea and figuring out how to execute it. Um, and then I got into social media right out of college and was like, wow, no one really understands what's going on with social media. Like I could actually kind of rise up through the ranks pretty quickly if I was at an agency just Mm -hmm. by like being the expert in it because no one's really the expert in this space. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's kind of like a shortcut. All the old people were like, oh, uh, 
give that social media to some some kid in the business. Oh, it, literally. I mean, it would be like the CEO of my company would be like, hey, May, tell me about Twitter, you know, um, and and compared to like media planning where I'm looking up and there's like, what, 20 people ahead of me in line when I'm like 21 years old. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this. And also it's just really, really interesting. You know, it just seemed like a huge shift culturally um, was taking place. Um, so yeah, I worked at a large agency. I ran like the Real Housewives Facebook pages and like Coke Zero's Twitter account and kind of like, you know, was the one to do the April Fool's joke, like all that stuff. (laughs) Um, and, (laughs) and then from there I went to a startup, um, and, and got a ton of experience there and loved it. And I was like, oh, I I could do this on my own. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and kind of started out with obviously, um, like you mentioned, I bootstrapped it. So I really use social media consulting as a way to mm-hmm. just really bring in enough revenue. And then we use the profits to actually build out the platform um, and really focus in on influencer marketing long term. So when you so, so growing up, how far outside of Boston were you? It's like 20 minutes on the North Shore. Oh, OK, so you're like you don't have much of a like Boston accent, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. I don't. Um, I actually I really I got rid of it. I was just um, like that. I, I was like, you know, I went to uh, I went to high school in New Hampshire. I actually went to a boarding school and I was okay. just worried about getting made fun of. And I was just like, I'm just not going to have this be part of my personality. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when they send like, um, like newscasters to like Nebraska to like become accent uh-huh. neutral. I felt like that's what I did to myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so boarding school, that's interesting. I always threaten my daughter with boarding school. She's eight years old. And whenever she's being bad, I'm like, I'm going to send you to boarding school. And she's like, no, don't do it. Honestly, it might be the best thing for your relationship long term. Like I'm really good friends with my parents now. <laughs> you just you skip those years, you know, where they're like, they're cool. Right. They come in the car. They bring you like desserts and stuff. <laughs> you get to hang out with Wait, your friends. So were and learn you a bad kid? Is that why you got sent to boarding school? Oh, no, 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 no. My parents didn't want me to go. But I was just I was just getting so bored, like in school. I was like, yeah. I'm not like a troublemaker, but I feel like I'm just going to go crazy. I'm so bored. Um, and yeah. And yeah. So they were like, OK, cool. You can go. <laughs> I was kind of like that in that intense kid. Yeah, nice. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. So that, that's fascinating. All right. So, so after college, you started working a job, got into social media, and then you kind of realized that you could do it on your own. Now, did you have a business partner or, or somebody that you kind of joined forces with to say, Hey, let's do this. Or were you just kind of like had some, maybe some friends who started businesses and you're like, Hey, I'll manage your social media or like, what did that look like as far as you getting into that? Yeah. So, I mean, just growing up, my mom uh, was an entrepreneur. She actually was a a librarian who would um, have corporate uh, librarian positions and would, you know, contract out to like large corporations to run their libraries, kind of like before Google was really as big as it is and wiped out that that -hmm. whole industry. Um, And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's cool. Like my mom like is a boss. Like I I like that. Um, And and then when I was in New York, I was working at Guild Group and they, they just did such a good job hiring and that network was so fabulous. Um, so many people were leaving, starting their own companies and then they, they would have me do social strategies on the side. And I was always just kind of like working in the space. I loved like the whole New York startup thing. Um, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I could really do this full time. This would be kind of the, the top 20% of my current job. 
uh, and then from there, uh, yeah, just kind of took the leap. Um, I knew that I had one very large client, Uniqlo, lined up. Um, and they okay. would hire me as an LLC rather than a person. So I think that was really the big mm -hmm. thing. And I actually sat in their office as I had a whole team in my apartment. And like we did that for about a year and a half, just like getting going before we got a lot of other clients on board. That's wow. awesome. So, so you kind of, it kind of gave you that confidence to say, all right, I can kind of go out and, and, you know, do my own thing and then kind of build it from there. So when you, when you first got into this, space it was more of like a, a social media management thing or did you have this vision of you know partnering influencers with big brands like how did that how did that all come about so I kind of always knew that I wanted to to do something in the influencer space like that this was seven years ago that was not really even a term people would be like Oh, yeah. like a blogger? Like, what are you talking about? Um, and I had right. already been talking to my uh, my co-founder and my CTO, uh, Max Domain. And we kind of like, he had a, a full-time job too. So we would just talk through some different ideas. We had a, a newsletter product. That we're like, hey, let's just start seeing if people are interested in this. Um, didn't really get enough traction. And I was like, oh, I, I really want to create a product. I don't think I want to have a social media agency uh, it's really hard to have a social media agency, by the way. Uh, you, yeah. could, you know, we were creating thousands of pieces of content and things were really great. But, you know, you'd, you'd be on an hour long superheated phone call because of like a synonym choice in one tweet. Mm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's just it, it, it's a really hard it's a hard manual, uh, you know, part of the the overall marketing agency business, I would say. That's super interesting to me. So the challenges with that, like running a social media agency, is it like there's just so many details? And because I'm just imagining like there's so much content you're creating, and it, it basically you probably only get in trouble for the stuff you mess up for. Oh, totally. <laughs> and you're not, yeah. It's probably not like, oh man, this was awesome. It's probably more like, oh, there's a one mistake, and that's the thing that gets attention. I'm just guessing, but like, yeah, what are some of the things that are hard about that? Yeah, it's like you know, you you get 98% is an A, is like an A plus but it's the 2% that you like clients are really yeah. upset about. And it's not mm. even like a typo. It's literally like, is that the word that our brand would use? And like, I oh, get okay. it. I mean, yeah. I'm obsessive yeah, about sure. my brand, so I get it, but yeah. I'm like, this is just yeah. like a weird role to be in. Um, yeah. And even then we really focused on working with really big companies who really could pay, mm -hmm. um, you know, larger retainer fees. I think it's when, but even then like, you know, just the, the output, and making sure that strategically yeah. it's it's sound when all the platforms are changing so quickly, um, it, it becomes really difficult. And I think another, actually an insight that I learned from that was like, wow, my clients really are not valuing the amount of time and effort and quality it takes to get to this level and to deliver this type of product. Um, and actually mm -hmm. I use that learning when really deciding to have obviously focus on full service influencer marketing because I was like, the same thing's happening in the influencer space. Brands just want an awesome partnership, they don't realize mm -hmm. that it's taking, you know, a thousand emails back and forth with 20, like literally a thousand emails oh, with 20 oh, influencers man. to make sure that this is like picture perfect and like going to actually mm -hmm. deliver results. Right. And then like they'll pay for it once they figure it out that it, it is actually like super hard to do and will take your team so much time that it's unrealistic. Um, and so I think really using that insight from the social media agency uh, really helped because I think a lot of our competitors were like, oh, we'll just put out a SaaS tool. And we we have a SaaS tool that, that our, my team internally uses, but we sell the full service version of our offering because it's like, that's really where the value is um, for, for a lot of brands. Hmm. Interesting. So you're grinding along, 
people aren't appreciating all the efforts that you're putting into the work that you're doing. And it, I mean, I wouldn't say that we have awesome clients. It was just like, yeah, are we going to, you know, and it's like, we got to like 3.5 million and I'm like, am I going to be able to take this to 10? Like, and yeah. the answer was no, like I, I can't possibly clone myself. My team's awesome. Right. The amount of, the amount of plates you can spin really start to, uh, you know, get crazy after. And a while. also like my mentors were like, literally told you this. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I had to live it. I had to live it myself. <laughs> <laughs> And so then, so how did you pivot then from, from that, you know, to say, all right, in order for us to go to the next level, we kind of need to change our business model a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that was really great was that we were in the same space. And so I was like, oh, instead of creating all this content for a brand's Instagram account and trying to grow the follower count, why don't we give 200 content creators, you know, their sweatshirt and then have them create the content tag the brand. It's a much faster way to grow. So I can mm -hmm. still hit all my metrics on, from social media agency side. But then now I had, now I have a hundred influencers that we work with and we're testing out our platform and seeing what works mm. and what doesn't. Um, so it was actually a really just a pretty seamless way. And you, it was really just like the chart of like revenue from social media services compared to revenue, uh, for influencer services. And then we just tailed off the social media services. Um, so mm. it worked really well. Um, and I think a lot of people have like a hard pivot where they're like, you know, stop everything moment. Like we're done, <laughs> which we didn't have that. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of an overlap. Like how long of a period was that, that you overlapped and how did you manage people's time and, and all, partially their time. And then did you also have to have different team members, different skills come in and other team members leave in order to make that work? Yeah, definitely. So we had uh, a really great content team and then we started selling content plus influencer services. And then we were only selling a mix, which actually really helped our margin too, because we knew that we mm. were going to have, you know, X number of, we we're going to have 200 influencer images and videos to work with and a certain aesthetic that I could then use on the page I could use a cross platform. Um, I could use in ads. Uh, and then we were slowly mm. phasing that out. And, and most of the team like, you know, stayed on and we, we found new roles for them. Um, because there's just like the influencer space is just blowing up. So there's so many cool things to work on. You know, you could work on influencer relationships. You can work on the client side, but managing the influencer campaigns rather than managing content creation. Um, and then a few people moved on, but like, that's, that's kind of always how it is. Sure. Yeah. yeah. How many, how many, uh, like full-time employees do you have or is it all contract work or? Oh, no, we, we have a really sizable team. Yeah. We're, we're at 35. Um, so we have, okay. uh, we're, and then, well now a lot of people are remote, but we have a large, uh, a European yeah. presence and then, and then in okay. the U S um, and, and yeah, we have, so it's product and tech, um, data, and then we have the, you know, sales and client services. Mm-hmm. When you first started out, I mean, you had a philosophy major in, in college and then you, 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 you go to start your own business. What, I mean, what were some of the things that you struggled with earlier on as far as, as you were growing your team? Um, or did you just kind of Google stuff and, and figure things out and as you went? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing I'm really good at is knowing what I'm good at and then like knowing what I'm not good at and being, you know, okay with that. Um, <laughs> or mm -hmm. at least, and then I kind of divide the things I'm not good at into what are things 
I really do need to get better at. Like, May, you can't lead mm-hmm. a company if you don't get better at these things. And then things that it's like, it's okay, you're not that good at that. You need to hire someone to handle that for you. Yeah. Um, and I think that was really, like, I really knew the space extremely well. I had a really yeah. good network of people who were in marketing departments at companies and agencies. Um, I really had a vision for, like, working with influencers and primarily working mm-hmm. with smaller influencers, but larger quantities of them and then measuring success is how we're going to build the mm-hmm. business. Um, I like just knew that was true. Um, and then I think, you know, some of the, the more business side skills other than like profit and loss, how much money do I need to have in the bank account so that we can keep going? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, just management, understanding like how to have performance reviews, understanding how to hire, you know, don't just hire people who are around you. <laughs> like just kind of learning yeah. all those things. I mean, that's really been the thing that I've had to learn the most. Um, but also you can hire for that too. And it's just, it's when you're not big enough to hire for the roles that you need, you know, you need mm-hmm. that. That's really kind of like the, the part of the learning curve. I see a lot of people struggle with. Hmm. Yeah. Or I think like sometimes, you know, when you're small and you start up, you kind of like hire your friends and people that are kind of close to you when necessarily that probably may not be the best, you know, uh, strategy or, or, you know, fit, because uh, totally. I think it is scary, right, to to go out and and put out a net to a bunch of strangers to say, hey, can you help me grow this business? And like not knowing how to have a hiring process that's going to like net you a successful hire um, was, I think, something that I really had to learn. I was like, oh, I just know cool people who like do interesting things and are excited. And you can't grow that way after you're like five people. Um, so, Because, <laughs> yeah, then it's just like all right, I got to get serious about that. So then as far as that goes, you know, do, do you, are you still involved in the hiring process or have you, have you like passed that off or how's that, how's that work? Um, for everyone director level and higher, I definitely do like a final, um, it's more of a get to know you by that point. Like, I just want to get to know them. I want to answer their questions, you know, questions about culture, about where do we see the company going in the next five years? Like, I think it's really important that I have that conversation. And of course I can like Mm -hmm. say, Hey, that didn't go so well (laughs) if I have to. Um, but for the most part, I have, my team's really good at, at hiring and and figuring that out. And really, um, I really will identify like, Hey, I think we have a real need here, or I think we're going to have a real need here Mm -hmm. in six months. Um, and so I think that's, I'm better at that than hiring, honestly. <laughs> I really project onto people. I don't know if you guys do that, but I'll be like, this is the perfect candidate. And it's like literally just in my mind, just like, hey, I'm going to be so great. And my team is like, they literally said none of those things. What are you talking about? <laughs> nice. All right, we're going to pause this conversation here. Uh, go to thefridayhabit.com. There you can find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear next week's episode, subscribe so you get notified. Uh, also, leave us a review in Apple Podcast app uh, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to potentially be on one of our episodes uh, with a question you ask us, Go ahead and record a quick message in your phone, voice memo, and email it to hello at the Friday Habit.com. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs>